So thanks, everyone. Um, thanks for being here. I was, uh, as I am wont to do, reflecting or thinking about what I wanted to talk about this evening. And what kept coming up for me was darkness and light, darkness and light. I'm, I'm guessing probably because it's that time of the year. It's the solstice next week, and it's the tonight's the last night of Hanukkah. And there's a lot of dark um, and light. It gets dark. The sun doesn't come up to like, well, it's not even light out until almost 6.30 in the morning. And it gets dark so early right now. And I love it. I absolutely love this time of year. It's my favorite. And um, so I'm uh, reveling in it. And I was... Um, I was at a board meeting the other night and the opening reflection was on uh, the darkness and the light. And I, so I guess that's just a theme and it's, it's everywhere. Um, so I just wanted to um, move into that. And, and when I think about dark and light around um, uh this practice, not just in a in a bigger sense, but in a more particular sense, um, I always seem to think of the phrase, uh, the dark night of the soul, which is, uh, is a poem and some writings by this saint, this Christian mystic in the in the 16th century, St. John of the Cross, and he and he used Spanish. And he wrote about it, and um, that basically was about getting um, this journey involving um, spiritual purification and trying to have a, a union of the soul with God, with the divine. And um, in fact, I think it's the, in Spanish, it's the um, the dark night of the soul. Oh yeah, that's what it is in English too. Hello, but it's it's the the grow the meeting of the soul um, and and the divine, and so it's a spiritual journey. And you know, I'm sure there's a there's a bunch of archetypes around this too. I can't think of any offhand, and I didn't think to look, but you know, it's that that journey into the difficulty, into the the challenging. It's the hero's journey is what is the is the here you want this, you need to go face all these. Um, tasks or these challenges and it goes back to Gilgamesh which is um, you know Mesopotamian um, he was that archetype of the hero and the journey to the underworld and and then back up and so this is not a, a new thing and um, um, in the uh, the myths around the solstice is about this it's and I think it starts around you know, what we call Halloween and Dia de los Muertos and, and um, the, the, the rituals around in a lot of cultures around the world. And I'm thinking now that, you know, I have this northern European um, uh, ethnicity. My ancestors are all from northern Europe, Ireland, the Celtic and, and Lithuania. And that's dark. It's really dark there right now. And it's, you know, that that they have those rituals around the, the darkness and the veil between living and dead is really, really thin. And um, when the solstice is all about moving into the winter 
and the winter is the harsh time of the year at least in the northern hemisphere and so again it's this moving into the dark moving into the difficulty with the promise of the light on the other side it's not like you're going in and you're you're not coming out it's it's moving with this this promise of 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 something on the other side and um I think modern psychology has um, taken over this idea of dark night of the soul as well, and they've kind of talked about it as spiritual crisis, spiritual emergence, and um, it's uh, it's through that, I think through that door of 60s, like 60s, 70s psychology that it kind of moved into Buddhism, and it's now used in Buddhist teachings, and um, Jack Cornfield talks about it in a couple of his books in A Path with Heart and in um, After the Ecstasy, the Laundry, and it's a very similar kind of thing. It's this um, uh, insight into suffering. It's fear, it's misery, it's, it's uh, seeing clearly our suffering, seeing clearly um, where we're caught in greed and hatred and ignorance and we begin to proceed through this journey of purification john the john of the cross in the original dark night of the soul it was i, I think i said it it was a path of purification and this practice is a path of purification of just you know getting rid of all these toxins and um we have these psychological changes, this disillusion of the personal identity, the, you know, anatta, there's no self, there's no fixed self. We have all that stuff we're attached to, we're invited to let it go. We're invited to release the, those fixed ideas. In fact, as you move into stream entry, the, the fixed ideas drop away and we move through these stages of insight. And, um, and that's, that's, I think, where this, not that I know, I'm not a scholar in this, but from what I've seen and what I've read, that's how um, uh, that psychology of Dark Knight of the Soul moved into, moved into Buddhism because in, in Western convert um, meditation-centered Buddhist lineages, it's um, psychology and the teachings are, are wedded. They're very close. I think, I don't know how, I don't know what the percentage is. I could make it up, but there's a large percentage of Dharma teachers who are also therapists or psychologists. Um, a lot of them, um, Jack Cornfield being one. Um, so in, and in that 60s psychology, they talked about common commonalities to this journey are loss of the sense of identity. So there's that anatta, that sense of self that we lose, radically changing personal values. So when we come into this path and I'll begin to align with the precepts and align with the Eightfold Path, a lot of times it's a shift in how we see the world. And it's, a, it's an occurrence of, they say, an occurrence of mystical or spiritual experiences. Some people have those experiences. Um, so that is, that is this, this journey, I think, of um, how Dark Knight of the Soul moved into, um, moved into Buddhist teachings. Uh, and then there's a, another, another, um, another way of looking at it, and this is, I think this is what Jack talks about in um, After the Ecstasy, the Laundry, 
when you have these insights, and if any of you have gone on retreat or, or done deep practice, or you don't even have to have deep practice, but sometimes you'll just have this insight, this awareness, like this, this you can almost taste uh, impermanence, or you can taste non-self, you know, or you can actually have this, this clear um, visceral experience of how you were caught in in greed or aversion or, or delusion and just see clearly it's like piercing that veil um, and it's so real it's so real and sometimes especially on retreat you might walk around with it for for a couple of days and then you go back to your life and the mundane comes back and all you, you want to hold on to it as we do we want to attach and cling and Instead, we are dealt with the, you know, the laundry after the ecstasy of this insight experience. Now we have to take out the garbage and clean the litter box and um, clean up the hairballs. And um, if you have other pets, you might have other things. Change diapers, um, go to work, do all those things of being a person in the world, a lay person in the world. So that's also can can um, how to work with that is also a challenge that um, we move from the dark, from the light back into the dark. And then, you know, how do we hold on to that? How do we integrate that insight? And I think a lot of times we get to see um, we have a in my my experience is I have a memory of it. I'm not going to live there all the time, but I have this memory of it. Um, so that's kind of a big picture of um, of uh, 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 the dark night of the soul. Um, oh, one other thing I was reading this one teacher was talking about how some people get stuck in these 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 um, experiences what did he call them a dark stage yogi it's like instead of moving through and coming out on the other side and sometimes I I've seen this and I've I've gone there myself in my own mind if it's not gritty and if it's not like really taking every ounce of what you have as you sit on the cushion or move through the day or whatever it is then it's it's really probably not really meaningful. I remember um, being so sad when I was on a retreat that I was actually having, I was moved into the retreat really feeling good. Oftentimes I go into a start on retreat and it's challenging, but this retreat, it was like, oh man, I just eased right in and it felt really good. And the teacher said, if it really is painful, that's when the good stuff's happening. And I'm like, like but it's not and I think that misses you know I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago I was talking about the seven factors of awakening where you have to actually pay attention to the joy because this work takes you to a place of ease takes you to a place of calm you don't just stay in the grinding grinding through um uh, difficult work, which is part of it. It's it's the the invitation of this practice is to be with the difficulties, to begin to develop that intimacy. I'm 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 in love with the the um, definition Brene Brown. I just heard. And I've probably read it a thousand times, but this just landed when I heard her say it when I listened to a podcast a couple of weeks ago. Vulnerability is not just puking your guts out and telling everybody every every detail of your sordid past. 
It's actually a willingness to be uncomfortable. So um, this practice invites vulnerability, invites us to be uncomfortable with the reality of how we have been caught in greed and hatred and delusion and our willingness to be present for what's right here and a willingness to take accountability for our actions. It's this willingness to stay on this path, which sometimes takes us into this, this darkness. But much of the time can be eased. There can be nothing happening, which is a lot of times when people just kind of the minds like, I can't deal with this calm. I need to kick in some, I need to stir up some shit. Um, and the training is to be at ease with the calm, be at ease with the joy. That's actually also okay. Um, it's also okay. Uh, I use, I love the, the phrase dark night of the soul. Um, I think it's, um, it's, uh, uh, a way to talk about the difficulties um, that we do face and that we um, um, that we all connect with at some point or another um, in our experiences and how we move through the world um, and and you get that because you hear people who they want they come to meditation people come to meditation for various reasons but oftentimes it's to oftentimes it's to find some peace and there is that level of peace but if you sit long enough and the mind calms that stuff that's been that's been stuffed down for so many years is going to show up and you have to deal with it um there's um there's another, uh, uh, there's a, as I was, I was looking through some suttas to see if, well, I was, I did a quick search. I wasn't looking through suttas. I did a quick search, um, to see if there was anything about darkness and light. And there's this one sutta called the Tamanata Sutta that talks about people in darkness and people in light. And there are, of course, there's, there's always a list. There are four kinds of people. And the, there, there are people who are born into the darkness and they stay there. There are people who are born into darkness and they move out of it. People who are born into the light and go into darkness and people who are born in the light and stay there. And when they talk about light and dark, it's like people who caught up and who are born into difficult circumstances, but are able to move out of it mentally and, um, um, align themselves with these teachings with with uh, wise view, wise understanding, uh, wise action, mindfulness, concentration, and can enlighten and 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 let go of, of samsara and move into this um, um, place of uh, uh, of ending of rebirth and death and rebirth and death over and over again and pain and suffering. Um, there are those who stay there, who never get out of it. There are those who are um, born, but then get, get entangled in greed, hatred, and delusion. And then those who are just like kind of there and stay there. And so it takes, it takes, as usual, it takes effort. So, um, this is, this is, this is not new. It's, um, 
it's available for each of us to move through from one to another. It's like we're not doomed, but it takes the willingness to stay on the cushion. It takes the willingness to open up. It takes the willingness to see what's going on. Um, and I'm going on a retreat. I'm going on a retreat. I'm not going on a retreat. I'm going to sit a retreat. I'm going to be right here where I'm sitting right now. Um, it's with Spirit Rock, and it's about um, – it's, I, I was intrigued, A, because I like to go on retreats at this time of year because it's dark. And um, B, it's, they talked about it. And I copied this from the description of the retreat. It says, opening to the darkness, including the unknown, to the creative and generative dimensions of darkness and to our difficulties and challenges, as well as opening to the coming light, to our beauty, joy, wisdom, and love. So that is a practice of one more time balance, this middle way of, of acknowledging the darkness to the difficulties and challenges and to the light, which is the beauty, the joy, wisdom, and love. And as with everything in Buddhism, there's this balance. There's You don't just get one, you get both. You get the, the praise and the blame, you get the joy and the sorrow. There's 10,000 of each of those. Um, there's, you get all of this. You get, you don't just get the bliss on the cushion. You have to, you have to be open to the difficulties because they're going to come. They're going to come until we get to that point where we're completely, um, uh, we've been able to uh, release. And I'm not there. So I'm still getting the joys. I'm still getting the sorrows. I'm still getting the the, the difficulties and challenges and the beauty and the wisdom and the love. You know, there's, there's both and. So that is this darkness and light. You can't have, we, we crave the one or the other. I have a tendency to crave one. Others have tendency to crave the other. And we um, have to be willing to look at it because there's no purification without it. And you can expand this um, reflection to look at our present state in the world. I mean, there's there's some darkness that we we I don't think anybody can deny that this has been a period of darkness that we've been in. Some 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 um, serious darkness in all kinds of ways. Um, Many ways, um, you know, the pandemic, the the the, the ripping off, the the um, the uh, ripping away or pulling open the curtain and shining the light on the disparities in our in our in our in our country between wealthy and poor and black and white and um, really being willing to see the ugliness that is there. Um, we have to, we have to understand our stories. We have to see it. It's the same thing. It's true for ourselves personally. And it's true, um, societally, culturally, in our families, all of these things, we have to be willing to see the ugliness. And so many people are in denial about that. It's like, no, 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 we're great, la, 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 nothing, nothing to see here, which just perpetuates that, that darkness, it perpetuates that ugliness, um, you know, it's, it's, 
they have to you know, just have to look at this stuff. Um, and there's this continual battle between the light and the dark. And it's, you know, I don't, there's no there there. I don't think it's a, a thing that we're going to finally arrive and then we'll all live happily ever after. Will we reach a utopia where everybody's going to be um, caught up in, in happiness and light? Because the snares of Mara are always there. There's always the temptation. There's always this this willingness to move. You know, people, like the Sutta says, there are people who are in the light who move into the darkness because they become entangled. They become ensnared. And so we have to be willing to be vigilant, to continue to do the work, to stay uh, with, to make the effort, to be honest, to be vulnerable, to be open, to feel the discomfort, to be open to the pain, to be open to the sadness, um, and not, you know, lash out, not blame, not say, I'd be okay if you would only do what I want you to do. Um you know, we have to we have to see uh, uh, or be willing to be willing to let go of that that blaming and that shaming and just say this is the shit. How do we fix it? How do we not cause suffering? How do we end harm? How do we end suffering wherever we see it? Um, I think it's a call. This is I'm of the school of thought. I sat in a, a, a class with Rhonda McGee and Bhikkhu Analio on, sun, on Saturday morning where they were talking about um, uh, Dharma and racial justice and um, uh, the importance of, of using this practice as a, 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 um, a grounds for action. And taking action. And Analio is great. He's a great scholar, and he he translates the suttas, and he's quite an expert. And he and he feels that there is a you know there's a a, a a social action component going all the way back to the Buddha. The caste system wasn't thoroughly entrenched as it is now in India, but the beginnings of it were were happening. And he and he said, Nah, I'm not going for that. This is available to everyone. This is open. To, uh, this is open for everyone. So um, darkness, you don't get it without light. Light, you don't get it without darkness. So they are all here. They are all happening. And um, I think I think I have said enough because there's no other words coming. So thank you, um, my friends. I'd love to hear any thoughts or um, questions or comments, if this makes any sense or any of those things, or doesn't. Well, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's... Um I think it's um, it's challenging um, to consider that I think my, for myself and probably and likely many others that we learn to turn toward but um, oh, I think a lot, for me and it seems a lot of folks around me at times don't know um, how 
how to be with what they're turning toward. <laughs> and so it's creating even more darkness, more anxiety, more fear. So, um, and it's not that, you know, for me, I'm not interested in, in, in averting, you know, aversion, but, um, what, what more effort do I pull into sitting still and, um, and sitting in the darkness, how do you do that if you're not equipped to do it, if you've never been taught how to do that? So you've been taught to turn toward, you turn toward, and then you're like, okay, so now what? How do I, how do I be okay with this? I'm not okay with it. <laughs> That's why there was a lot of aversion. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I think, you know, I, you hit something that I, 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 I missed and I wanted to mention and I forgot is that this practice isn't necessarily for everyone, especially folks with trauma, traumatic backgrounds. Mindfulness is not, not, um, necessarily the the optimal means for for uh working with those those challenging um experiences and uh um it can be really difficult um people can get stuck in um uh, dark places and especially if they are not working with anyone who is skilled um I think it's 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 really important not to do this work alone, but to have a community or someone you trust that can um, work with you. That's why on retreats, if you've ever gone on a retreat, they have you fill out questionnaires about how you're doing, and um, because of this type of thing, so they can, if there's someone who has a lot of you know um, prior. Uh, difficulties or are in the middle of going through some difficulties in their lives there's a little red flag so you go okay make sure we make take care of this person um and so if it's just the mundane and i'm not belittling people's discomfort but it's like you know not driven by deep traumatic experiences but just the challenges of of the human condition for me, it's always been about the, the heart practices, compassion, you know, really compassion and, and making space for um, allowing that to be there. You know, um, uh, somebody was telling me they were listening to or reading Pema Chodron's recent, I think, working with difficult emotions, a fairly recent one. And she said, when one of those, those difficult emotions is like right there on your chest or in your belly or just gripping you to be light with it, you know, to have a conversation with it in a, in a light sense, like, how are you doing? You know, instead of being, Ugh, let's, Ugh, this is, you know, but just kind of be light. And, and for me, I was um, taught to, just be open and listen, you know, don't have to fix. There's nothing broken. I think that's what we have a, a thing. We have to, we have to fix it. We have to address it. We have to take care of it. We have to get rid of it. And that's an aversive relationship. And aversive relationships are not really successful. That's when those things just, that's a stuffing down. And so just to hold it. And then also recognize if this is as, if this is the first time you're moving into this, 
it's like just putting a toe in the water. Do it for a moment or two and then back off. Really take care of yourself. It's, you know, I, I talked to somebody once and they thought they just had to bear down. I mean, and just like ah, go through it. And it's like, no, you have to you have to move through this um, with gentleness and kindness and skillfulness. It's not about, um, you know, beating it up. Again, that's an aversive kind of thing, and it's not, not kind to yourself, but kindness is, is always appropriate. Compassion is always appropriate. Gentleness, um, spaciousness, just, you know, and sometimes it's even just taking a breath, sitting up, making a physical um, movement to create space. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.